Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We, um, God is, 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 God is wanting us to really move to a different place in Him. God wants us to really understand that there is a deep spiritual relationship that He desires to have with us beyond, beyond what we are accustomed to having with God. Beyond what we are taught to believe and experience through organized church and organized religion. But we're getting to a place where God wants us to cut through all of that stuff and to get down to really understanding who he is and really getting down to worshiping him one on one so that you can experience what is what is really intended by God to have with you beyond just the structure of, quote-unquote, religion and so on. Um, We're moving into a time and into a space where God requires us to have a more intimate relationship with him and to get out of our heads all of the stuff, quote-unquote, that stands in the way of us truly connecting with God. There's something that I was, was praying for and was kind of kind of wrestling with in my morning prayers. And after I had finished going through and talking to God and listening back and so on like that, what I heard simply was, call out to me. Simply said, call out to me. And then he said, tell my people, teach my people to call out to me. And he repeated it. Tell my people, teach my people to call out to me. And of course, I wondered what that meant. I wondered what that meant, call out to you. And I, well, God, I am calling out to you. And all I simply heard back was call out to me, call upon me. And so God would not give me anything more but directed me to Scripture. Because the word of God is a living word. Whether you believe it or not, but that paper that you hold between your hands is a living word inspired by Holy Spirit. God wanted me to fully understand what it is to call upon him and to call out to him. God wants something more from us than simply having prayer time with him. Now, that almost would sound blasphemous or something. or You think, oh, he's cracking up. But understand where I'm coming from here. We get into prayers that are so structured and are so formal, we forget to call out to God. We forget who God is relative to us and how God wants a deep spiritual relationship with him. We go through the days of our lives. We go through the mornings of our lives. And today was a good example where after God told me the other day to call upon him, my morning kind of started off in a tizz. The normal things being that it was Mother's Day, I had a couple of extra things I needed to do and so forth. And I was just running behind time-wise. It just seemed like I was in a tiz. And I had to remember, had to remember what God had told me a few days ago to call out to him, to call upon him. And so I stopped in my tracks. I said, Lord, I'm calling out to you. Order my steps because I'm running in circles here. And surely enough, he did. And things wound up falling together and I wound up getting here the time that I wanted to get here. Because I stopped to call out to God and he ordered my steps. 
So what I'm here to talk to you today about in following God's directions to me, which I always will, he said to teach my people to call out to him, to call upon him. And, and my question to you for openness is how often do you actually call on God? How actually do you really simply call on God with a heartfelt, deep spiritual thing? Call out to God. When you call out to God, you are recognizing the fact that God is the only one that you're looking to to solve your particular problem or whatever it is that you're going through at that particular time. When you call out to God, you're realizing that no one else in this universe can help you in this situation. So it goes beyond the formality, it goes beyond looking at a structured prayer, looking at what the Bible would, would properly, possibly say to you in terms of a psalm or some scripture, but you simply connecting and wanting to call out to God. Calling out to God is that deep spiritual desire to link with God in seeking his face. A heartfelt feeling deep in your heart to connect with God on a deep spiritual level. This is where I'm talking about. It's time to move from our traditional thinking. It's time to move from, 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 from religion and what we were taught as children. It's time to move from, from being really, really uh, 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 structured in how we approach God. God is desiring us to call out to him and to connect with him. If there was someone that you really, really needed to talk to, be it in business, be it in the neighborhood, be it a family member, if there was someone that really, really held the key to something that you were hoping for, hoping to accomplish, and you really needed to see them, all you knew deep in my spirit was, gee whiz, I wish I could find Jim. Man, I wish I could see Jane. Where is she? Boy, if I could just, if I could just somehow connect with her. You don't go through a structured plot necessarily of how you're going to do that. You just got this deep, deep guttural feeling that you need to connect with this person for a reason. This is where we need to get to with God. This is what God was telling me when he said to call out to me. Call out to me. Teach my people, he said, to call out to him. The desire for God to, to, to have us call upon him actually has its beginning in Scripture. And we can read it in Scripture where he pointed me. It has this beginning dating back, actually, to the first murder in history. It has its origins in dating back to the first murder in history. They say, oh, gee, where is he taking us here? Let's go to Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. What we want you to see and to understand why it's so important to have this deep spiritual relationship with God and to get away from the formal trappings of how I'm going to have this structured prayer so that we can learn how to call out to him. Genesis chapter 4. And our, uh, chapter 4 deals with the first sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. In chapter 4, around verse 8, you see where the, uh, where the murder, where Cain killed Abel, is going. I'm not going to go through everything there. And uh, uh, it says there in verse number 14, I will just say, uh, Genesis 4, verse 14, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any find him should kill him. So you see where Cain was expelled. All right, so we know all about the, the killing, about Cain killing Abel. Then we see here now discussion of the first civilization starts coming into play. Okay, and we go to verse number 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. 
And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehuel, and Mehuel begat Methusiel, and Methusiel begat Lamech. And Lamech took him unto, unto him two wives, and the name of one was Adah, and the name of the other Zillah. And Adah bare Jabal, he was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of the such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all, as such as handled the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain. An instructor of every art, of every artifact, artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Namah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. It, uh, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seven and sevenfold. So here you see they're talking about slaying people and murdering and so forth, okay? So we see here, here how the, the, the incivility, if you will, Cain killing his brother Abel. We see the first civilization which was born after Cain. And you see the names of all these, these generations. And then in verse number 25 it says, And Adam knew his wife again. And she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she hath appointed me another and instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And Seth to him also there was born a son. And he called his name Enos. Now, then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Underline. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So we see from this civilization, this ungodly civilization, after Seth was born, he was what, what, what scripture refers to and theologians refer to as, as the godly seed that, that was born. And finally bringing, back, bringing God into the picture, it says there, it says, and, and men began, and began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Here we see the spiritual seed being in renewed. If you go to Genesis 20, uh, Genesis uh, um, 425 again, where it says, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. That's where we see the beginnings of this godly seed. When God is sending you on a journey, spiritual or, or, or physical, do you need to call out to him? We see here where it said that, 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 that men began to call out to God. So here we see that there's, there's something that is happening here with the, the, the godly strain of men, so to speak, that are wishing and desiring to call out to God. So we're going to move on in a moment, but, we're, but stop and think about it for a minute. But when you're going on a journey, when you're preparing to do something new, be it a spiritual journey or a physical journey, be it where God is telling you that he's going to send you on a different path spiritually, where God is wanting to develop you and, and, and take you from a, an old way of praising and worshiping him into something new. Or if God is saying, I'm going to move you out of your present house, I'm going to move you out of your job, I'm going to move you out of state, the way God told me to move, to, to move out of New York and to come here. But when God is putting you on this new journey in life, be it changing a job, be it a spiritual journey, whatever, do you ever call out to God? You may say to God, well, God, you're telling me or I feel like you're wanting me to change jobs or you're telling me you're wanting me to move. You're telling me to buy this new house, oh, Lord God. And so I pray, Lord God, how am I going to go about doing this? And you go in and you listen and things, your concerns and so on. But do you call out to God? Do you call out to God? Okay. 
And again, this calling out to God is something different from simply just doing a prayer to God. And this is what I want you to see and I want your spirit to grasp today because it's going to make a big difference on how you relate to God. The whole thing here, saints of God, is what we're trying to do in coming to quote unquote church is that we come to worship God first and foremost. And then we come to know him. We come. We want to hear from him. It is a learning experience. Every single day in church should be a learning experience for your spirit. And what I'm saying to you today is that for, for many, 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 many generations, we've been so caught in the trappings and the plans and the preachings and the sermons of men in line with what maybe has been, been, been outlined in some governing body in the church or by someone else or maybe even a Holy Spirit given message. But now what God is saying is that I want to move with you more deeply than that. I want to get really close and personal and intimate with you. Whereas you really, 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 really realize in your spirit who I am and that I'm not merely a concept. You see, even though we may faithfully say our prayers every night and we may faithfully bless our food at the table when we're out, eat, out eating meals. And I say, boy, you need to pray over your food today with all that's going on. But even though we may do all, all of that, we oftentimes are still thinking of God as some impersonal God. And what God is saying to you is that I want you to get really, really close to me. All right. Because I submit to you that times are coming where you're going to need to have this closeness. You're going to really, really know God for who he is, not for what he is. Okay, if you're saying your prayers Monday, I mean, morning, noon and night and so forth, yeah, you are. But then that's become a structured thing whereby, okay, it's it's seven o'clock just to just to choose a time. It's seven a.m. time to pray. You jump up, you pray. Okay, you you watch your body clock says, okay, time to go brush your teeth. And then it's time to fix my meal. And then you go, oh, noontime, time to pray a sixth prayer. Dinner time, put the kids down. All right, time for me to say a prayer. And you've got this nice little ritual doing that. But at each one of those prayer points. Did you really call out to God? Did you really call upon me? Okay? Did you really call upon me? Okay? All right? He goes on to say, um, when God is sending you on that journey, do you call out to him? Go to Genesis 12. Praise the living God. Genesis 12, one of my favorite scriptures here. Okay, now this is the, uh, these are the events that were recorded with Abraham being called out. Telling, God is telling him to go to a land that I will show you, etc. I won't read, won't, won't read the whole the whole chapter there. And uh, it said there there that uh, Abraham obeyed God, and he launched off on this new journey. And then uh, it says in verse number seven, let's just go to twelve seven, twelve six. Abraham twelve verse number six. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain unto the plain of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east side of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still further toward the south. Verse, verse 8 again. And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and underlined and called upon the name of the Lord. So builded, builded, a, uh, uh, builded an altar is equivalent to him going to church. 
after he journeyed all this distance where he really didn't know where God was sending, all he simply said was, yes, God, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. He was obedient to him. He just went. And when he got to this destination, he went to church and it says he called upon the name of the Lord. Now, if he built an altar, that means that he worshipped him. He praised God and he called upon his name. He didn't have a prayer book to read from. He didn't have a, a, a message that was typed on his iPad or on anything else or written on a piece of paper. He called out to God and he worshipped him. When you're worshiping God here during praise and worship service, are you calling out to God? Or are you simply standing here reading the words up on the chart? Or are you calling out to God? During that praise and worship time, are you really, really getting serious with God? And are you feeling the words that you're singing and understanding what the words are saying? Because if you're really under, if you're really not just, you know, you're not, not just standing there and your mind's off someplace else and you're texting or doing something else or whatever it is, you're thinking about something else, then are you, you're at the altar, but you're not calling out to God. You're spending those precious moments in the beginning of a service, the day that the Lord has set aside as our Sabbath, the day that you chose to come to church. You didn't come to church, you didn't come here to play bingo, you came here to worship God. Amen. But are you calling out to God or are you just standing here? See, this is where it starts. And this is what God was telling me. He said, teach my people to call upon me. Because otherwise, all we're doing is going through a well-rehearsed routine. You know, we gather at 10 o'clock. We have prayer at 1020. We church starts promptly at 1030. The other reason reason I start, I do everything relative to God on time. On time. Weddings, funerals, you ask me to do something, and I say it's 1 o'clock, I'm going to start at 1 o'clock because I'm doing this before God, not before men. All right? When you get to the point that you can worship God, call upon me. This is what we're missing. And, and, and I don't know everything that's going on in your lives, but there are things going on in your lives that you're banking on, that you're praying for, and that you're hoping for, and you're missing them off because of the fact that you're not calling out to God. You're not really, really connecting with God. You may be praying to him and you're going through these ritualistic things and you, oh yeah, I didn't pray today, so let me in the car, I'll drive and I'll pray. And, and, and you, can drive, you can drive and pray, you can walk and chew gum at the same time, but are you calling out to God while you're driving? You see, this is a spiritual thing, which doesn't take up any physical space. This is a spiritual thing where deep in your heart, do you really, really desire, God, I need to talk to you. Abram got to this place after this journey where he didn't know where God was sending. He was thankful. So the first thing he did was he said, let me build an altar. He didn't have a nice fancy building. I I, I suspect he got some rocks and some wood from someplace. He fashioned an altar. And there he says he called upon the Lord. So he worshipped him. So when you're praising and you're worshipping God, are you really, really calling out to him? Are you calling out? When you're worshiping God, do you call on him deep within your spirit? God wants to protect you and shield you from the adversities of life. God wants to protect you. He's given us the words in his scriptures. But do we read the scriptures just as, a, as an act of reading the scriptures? Or are we really, really, really determining and understanding what God is saying to us? Go to Psalm 91. Praise the living God. God is such a wonderful God, is such a magnificent God, and he stands back and he looks at us struggling, and he's just simply saying, gee, if they would just call out to me, if they would just really deeply desire to, 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 to worship me and to, to want me to come into their life to help them. Oh, praise the living God. 
And you, you know, and you know the scriptures here are, uh, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. We all have the snares and those, a snare, a snare is a trap. It's the thing that the devil lays for us and the devil can lay for, you know, boy, if, if you aren't in line with God, there's enough devious activity going on in this life today as it is. And there is so much turmoil and so much intrigue, if you will, going on, especially in places of business today. It can even happen in, happen in your neighborhood, for, for that matter. There's so much, there's so much two-faced, thing, two-faced things, any such word, going on in your lives that you need to be aware of the snares and traps that are out there. You don't even know what to say to people that's getting so bad today, that if you say the wrong thing, you don't use the right dual pronoun or whatever they call those things these days and all this other language that they're coming out with now that, 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 that people can say things just to snap you, just to, to ensnare you, you see? But God knows what all of those traps are. God knows that. And so he's saying is that surely I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feather and under his wings uh, shalt thou trust his, uh, shall trust his truth shall be thy shield, shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at, no, at noonday. The scripture, that verse came back to mind when I started hearing about, again, all of this stuff where the, the resurrection of the measles disease is coming up. You know, where this is something that was stamped out, I don't know what, generations ago. And now all of a sudden it's 700 and some odd people, I think, here in the north, the pocket of the northwest. Or maybe that's national, I'm not sure. But there's an, enough cases out there for something that was stamped out. You, you see, so we see that this thing. And when, when we have, you know, and I pray for my grandchildren because I don't have any little children anymore. My, my, all of my youngsters are grown and everything. But I pray for my grandchildren to protect them because this is a pestilence. It's a pestilence, okay, that's been unleashed. Okay, it's certainly not unleashed by God. It's a pestilence that's been permitted to resurrect itself. And according to the word of God, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand by thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Lord God, protect my grandchildren. Protect my children. Let not that come nigh them. Let not come near them. Protect them as they go out. Protect them as they come in. You see, you've got to think about what the word of God is offering to you as a weapon. As a shield for your children. You know, only verse eight, only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my, thy habitation. There shall no evil before me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Again, think about what's going around in terms of disease. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. This, that's the scripture that Satan misquoted, by the way, but I won't go back to that, to the, uh, to the, uh, Challenge Jesus in the uh, desert there. But verse 12, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone, a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the uh, dragon shall not trample underfoot, under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Because he has set his love upon me. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Underline, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Underline, because he has known my name. And then verse 15, he shall call upon me. 
He shall call upon me and I will answer. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So we see there, according to this, it says that, that, that if you call upon him, he will be there and he will answer you, okay? But the thing here, the qualifier here is in verse 14. It says what? Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Do you love God? Is God so distant to you and so mechanical to you that you still can't feel a love for God? When you're praising and you're worshiping God, do you, and you think about what God has done for you, in spite of everything that you've done and been through, that God still loves you, do you have a deep love for God? Okay. So calling out to God is more than you just calling out to him. You're not just calling out to him as an intellectual concept of God. You're calling out to him as your creator because of the fact that he loves you. And because he loves you so much, this is all that he has set up upon you. This whole citadel, this whole fortress, this whole place that you can run into, the secret place of the Most High. And it's a secret place because of the fact that if you're in a secret place, guess what? The enemy doesn't know where you are. If you think about being in a warfare, in a war which you are as a child of God, you're in a war and you're in the midst of a war, a spiritual warfare. If you're in God's secret place, the dwelling place, then the enemy does not know where you are. You're protected. You will hide under the shadow of his wings. Okay. But the qualifier is, is that do you really, really love God? You know, and that's something that only you can answer yourself in the quiet of the night. And I say at nighttime is because when the kids are put to bed or the, 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 uh, the disturbances of your job or whatever is going on around you, when you have that quiet time, you stop and you search your heart. Do I really love God? Do I know God enough to say that I love him? Okay? All right? Okay? God is not a stranger. He's not a stranger. So ask yourself deep in your heart, how much do you love him? The key to this is your deep love for God. Do you know his name? Do you give thanks to God for the many things that he's done in your life? Do you thank God when you call out to him? You know, we all get blessed by God, something that we're praying for. And the funny thing I see, we as human beings, and even we as Christians, man, when things are going tough, we be banging on God's door almost 24-7. You're walking up and down the, 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 the house during the day. If you're at work, you can't focus on what you're doing because you've got this thing hanging over your head, you know, and you're worrying and you're praying and you're praying. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, God comes through. God comes through. And it's like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, you know, I, I, I am still like a kid. And as much as I know God and love God, and as much as I've seen him experience ex- and experience him in my life, when there's something really, really major that I'm praying for, praying for, and I know that God is going to bring me through and make me be victorious, that when it happens, it still hits me like a, like a kid on Christmas Day. I'm like, oh, wow, God, you did that. And I know experientially that God will do it because it's happened before. But I say, oh, wow, God, you did that. Thank you, Lord, and I praise him. And then I go and I, I give him thanksgiving. That's when it just happens, okay? And then you know what? The next day, I'm thanking God. The next day, I'm thanking God for that. God, oh, man, I still, I still remember, oh, Lord, thank you, boy. You really came through. It was awesome. I thank you. I thank you, okay? The next week, the next month. But how many of us, though... Don't thank God the next week or the next month. Even worse, after God has blessed us, we go back to our old behaviors. We go back to life as it is. 
We stop praying to him. We stop calling upon him. We stop, we stop pounding on God's door. We stop beating down his door. We stop saying, oh Lord, if you just get me through this one mess, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop drinking Mountain Dew or something like that. And then the minute it all happens, then boom, you're right back drinking Mountain Dew. No reflection on anybody who likes Mountain Dew. Okay. All right. All right. But all I'm just saying to you is that you go back to your old routine. Okay. You can't do that. You can't do that. You gotta realize who, who it is that you're, I won't say messenger, but you gotta realize who it is that you're addressing here. This is God. Okay? This is God. And if you just stop and think that if for one minute, for one moment, God was all of a sudden, not that, it, not that God has all this committed to memory, I don't think. I don't know how He does it. But, 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 but what if God all of a sudden decided, oh, then let me, let me not give Him a heartbeat. All of a sudden forget that you, that you should have a heartbeat. Or breath. All of a sudden you sit in the, and you can't breathe. Your heart stops. God is in control of every single one of your bodily functions. Man will try and, and relegate it and poo-poo it down to science. Yes, science. But God created science. God created physics. Your body functions the way it does because God designed it to be so. The physics that man has identified that follow with the functioning of the human body is because God designed it that way. And it's think that if God and it all of a sudden was to forget to give you a heartbeat. Okay, so why do we forget God after he's blessed us and we go back to our old behaviors? Okay, we can't do that if we're really going to get to know God. We've got to offer thanksgiving and be real. Go to Psalm number 50. Call on me, he's saying. Call on me. Call upon me. Psalm 50. And I'm going to I'm going to back up uh, here a little bit and say uh, verse number eight. Uh, verse number seven. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house nor the goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, if I were hungry, I would tell you, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh or bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. Underline. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. So what God is saying there is that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He, has, he owns all of the bullocks and so on. He's basically saying, like, I don't need that stuff. I don't need it. But you sacrifice it to me. I don't need that. What he says, he says that, that there, will I eat the flesh of the hills, of the bulls, or drink the blood of gods? Offer unto God, offer unto God, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the most high. What God is saying, what I want from you is your thanksgiving and paying your vows. Paying your tithes, paying your offerings. That's what he's basically talking about there. He says, I want your thanksgiving, I want you paying, uh, paying your vows. And then he says, and call on me in the day of trouble. So that's all what he wants us to do. He wants us, he wants us to give him thanks. 
So the other thing about calling to God is that you've got to get to this deep spiritual thing where you really, 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 really realize deep in your spirit who God is. And you're truly thankful for when he has blessed you and blessed you with or how he has eliminated a problem in your life. And then you go through doing what God is calling you to do in terms of paying your vows and so on like that. Okay, and then he says, and then to call upon me. So here we see, see, we see true thanksgiving also linked with calling upon God. So when we are, are, are wrestling with something in our lives and God says, I want to know you, I want you to come to me, I want you to come to me with this thanksgiving in your heart and, and then call upon me and if all of these things are in place, yeah, guess what? I'm going to answer you. I will, I will, I will answer you speedily and, I will, and, I, and you will get to know me. In the day of trouble or day of heavy decision making, call on God and glorify him through your thanksgiving and praise and adoration. You know, when you stop and think about it and you get here on a, set, on, on a, on a Sunday, you know, seven days has gone by. Or six days has gone by. And you're here on Sunday morning. Surely something happened during those six days that you can be thankful for. Surely something must have happened during those six days that you can be thankful for. During those six days, the, the things that you can be thankful for, I'm sure, is greater for some and then lesser maybe for others, depending on what's going on in your life. But still, the fact that you even woke up each day of that life, each day, each day, each of those six days, you got to work, you got to the store, you got to school, wherever you were going on time without being hurt or injured. You got around and were able to get through life without any, any catastrophes. I mean, that alone is something to be thankful for. So when you arrive here on Sunday, do you stop and think about how thankful are you? Or are you just listening to the praise and worship music with your mind just drifting off someplace else? Thinking about what you're going to do when you get home. Thinking about what's in the oven cooking. Or thinking about what's going to be in the oven cooking. Are you, where is your mind? Or are you really thinking about thanking God? God is looking for a personal time with you. And what he is saying to us here today, that it's time for us to get serious with him and to move away from that traditional thought of like, okay, here's the agenda. Praise and worship starts at so-and-so. So-and-so starts at that. And, and then like, like a punch clock, going through a list of things to do. And then we just robotically just get up there and start doing it because it's a habit. You know, are we going to continue that kind of life? Or are we really, really, really deep in our spirits? Deep in our hearts, deep within our gut, want to move from Jesus. I want to get more serious with you, Lord. I thank you and I really praise you, boy, for all that you did. You thank God even for the difficult times in your life. Maybe there was a time in your life that there was something that you prayed for and it didn't pan out the way that you wanted it to do, to pan out. You still, you praise and you thank God. You praise because the word of God says that I thank God and I praise God during times of trouble, during tri- tribulations, because it builds spirit, it, it, it builds uh, patience. So we need to thank God at all times, regardless of what it is that may or may not have materialized in our lives. This will help you to realize who God is and to get more closely with him, closer to him. We see there that in Psalm then it says to call on me. Uh, did we read 50 yet? Um, Oh, for God, yeah, and call upon me in a day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt, uh, and thou shalt glorify me. We go to Psalm 116. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Psalm 116. Psalm 116 here. And it starts with, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear unto me, 
Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live? Underline, therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live? Okay. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live? See, and if you notice, it doesn't simply say that I will pray to him. You notice that? This, this was written by Holy Spirit or inspired by Holy Spirit as it was penned. It doesn't say that I will pray upon. It doesn't say that I will pray. It says I will call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell got hold me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. Underline there too. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. See, you're calling upon the name of the Lord to do a specific thing here, to deliver you, deliver from something. Gracious is the Lord in righteousness and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Underline, and he helped me. I was brought low and he helped me. There can be low spots in your lives. There can be many low spots in our lives and God will help you. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Underline, I believed. I believed. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. There it is again on the line. And call upon the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Underline all of verse 17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. So we see there several times where it says, I will call upon the Lord. It doesn't say necessarily that I will pray to him, but it simply says that I will call upon him. Last few scriptures here go to Isaiah. Praise the living God. Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. And we want to do verse number 24. This is where God is talking about the blessings that he was going to give on to Israel in the new earth. Uh, let's just go to 21, start with 21, just so you get it in context. And they shall, uh, let's do 20. <laughs> There shall be no more thence uh, an infant of days, nor an old man that has not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruits of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. 
They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Highlight all of 24, please. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lion and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So come to pass that before they call, 24, shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. See? Again, it doesn't say pray. It says before you call. God knows what's going on in your life. God knows what the issues are that you're wrestling with. God knows of the challenges that you're struggling with. God knows what you are aspiring to or aspiring for. God knows what your hopes and your dreams are made about. God knows what you need, even though maybe you are not yet at that place to recognize that you need a change. That you need something different. That you need to grow and expand, but God knows. But what you need to do is you need to get to the point where you're calling upon him. And you're realizing that calling upon him is going even beyond just the structured way, uh, the structured methods of a formal prayer. But it's you calling unto God and knowing that you can relate to him. So it's time for us to think about who God really is and what kind of a relationship that he wants from us so that we can quickly get away from just the, 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 the routine of simply going to church. Okay? Going to church extends even beyond the couple of hours that you spend here on a Sunday that we set aside for, quote unquote, for Sabbath, for worshiping God. Going to church is a daily thing. What Abram, Abram, when he got to his promise, got to where God wanted him to be, he didn't say that he waited until the Sabbath and built an altar and worshipped him and prayed to him. He built the altar on the spot. So there are things that are in your life. There are things in your life where God has done something. There are things in your life that God will do something. The things that you're hoping for, the issues, the decisions that you're trying to make. There's going to be the time that God is going to answer you and give you that decision. And I pray that you're wise enough to recognize that when it's God's voice and not your voice in that decision, that you do what God is calling you to do. And that at that point in time, that when you do what God is calling you to do and you see God answer that call, that you also build the altar. That at that point in time, you build an altar to God and you worship him and you thank him and you praise him. And you don't forget it. When David was going to fight Goliath and Saul told him, he says, you're, you're not an experienced uh, soldier. Goliath is much bigger than you and he's a warrior and da, 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 and so forth like that. And what did David tell him? David said, no, but I know what my God will do because God delivered me from the bear. God delivered me from the lion. So six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, when you see what God did in your life, when you see how God got you out of that predicament, when you see how God got you to where you were wanting to be, that you don't forget that, 
six months from now, a year from now, five months, a year, uh, five years from now, because when another issue of life comes upon you, which the devil will throw at you, because Jesus said that when you have tribulation, he didn't say if, he said when you have tribulations, that you remember what God did to you the way David did, how God brought you through that other circumstance, because why? Because you called upon him. You see, this is, say, this is all about you building an experience with God. It's all about you building a relationship with God. Okay? And if you're really blessed enough, really fortunate enough to be able to spend some time with God and let him kind of, kind of, kind of take you to the movies and show you your life over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. If you're fortunate enough and blessed enough to, to spend time with God, let him take you to the movies to show you where you've been. From whence you've come and where you are now and how you can see that God was in your life even during the difficult times. God was there when back then you may not even have realized it. If you can let God show you that, if you can experience that, you will see that what this thing is all about here, this whole time of life. In my 70 plus blessed years of being on this earth, I can look back and look at all of the times in my life when God was there for the good and for the bad. And it's helped me to show the relationship, how God was was building me and taking me towards a path that I do not yet know. But I know that God is here with me. God has done the same with you. And this whole thing about calling unto him is him saying to you that I have been with you. I have always been. I've been guiding you. And even though, yeah, you slipped and stumbled, but I washed you. When you came to me, I washed you. I washed your clothes and I put on a cloak of garment of righteousness on you. I brought you through that time where you were sinning and where you were doing this and doing that. I cleaned you up because I have you for my purpose. And this is where I'm taking you. So this is more than you just going to Sunday for a couple, going to church for a couple of hours on Sunday. This is a lifetime relationship. God is saying to you that I want to have you and want to continue with you. You think about your children, the loved ones, the loved ones that you have. There's a relationship that you want to build. You just don't go see your children on a Sunday. You just don't get with a loved one and a family member two hours on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's a lifelong developmental thing. This is where God is coming from. Where God is crying out to his people. He's saying to call upon me. Call upon me. Let, he wants to let you know that he is there. If all you need to do is to call upon him and make him a, a, make him a lifelong partner. Really make him a partner. Bring him into your life and and bring him along into every single one of your experiences. He's there as it is. But it's like, you know, it's it's like, you know, many of us, you're walking on this gray line here, a dark brown line here. And you're walking through your life. And God is like over here sometimes. It's kind of like walking over here, kind of watching you, kind of watching you. Instead of you saying, hey, God, come over here, walk on this line with me. Lord, Lord, you be a part of my journey. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be a part of your journey by, by your desire. Okay? Now, God is there all of the time. What's that post that we've all seen, that poem, Footprints? You know, you see the footprints on the sand, and the guy looks at it and says, well, I see only one set of footprints from this point. Where were you? And God said, you see one set of footprints because at that point I was carrying you. See? God has always been, but that man obviously didn't know that God was caring. What God is saying to you is that I am there with you, and I want you to be through your awareness and through your, and through your spirit. I want you to know that I'm there, because I want you to call upon me, to call upon me. 
Right? And if you're giving me thanks, you're paying your vows, as it says there, and, and you're doing what God wants you to be, he says that I will answer you. And he says that I will answer you even as you are still speaking. Imagine how awesome that is. Whatever it is that you're hoping for, whatever it is that you're deeply desiring for, the things out there that right now seem to be so impossible, it's time for you to call on God. Don't mean just prayer. I mean truly calling on God. Okay? Now, this could be a life-changing decision-making process for you today. It could be a life-changing decision where you're going to take what you've heard very, very seriously. And when you're home alone, after your wife is going to bed, your husband is going to bed, or whatever time, whenever it is, during the day, I mean, you may not want to wait till the night, but whenever it is that you have an opportune time to really think about what you've heard today, to pray about what you've heard today, think about how it is that you want to relate to God from here moving forward. Because I say to you, this is going to be a challenging year. I submit that to you again. And we need to get away from the constructs that man has put together for how we should worship God and look at what the Word of God says we should do and what Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Amen? Amen? I pray, I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.